you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. Hey, it's GeForce O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, you guys. What's going on? Welcome to episode 515 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Les Schwab Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we'll talk a little more about our life-changing event I shared with you in episode 514. Uh, what I thought about it, Ron will share here on episode 515 what he thought about our life-changing event. Also... Seahawks getting ready to throw it back. Are you ready for it? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Lousy tippers, Ron. You were a lousy tipper for a very long time. You said the reason you were a lousy tipper is because you didn't have any money to tip. Now you have money to tip. Are you still a lousy tipper? What say you about the article that just came out that said, hey, lousy tippers were just misunderstood. So uh, I... a lousy tipper, I am not. I am I over tip, and I know this, and I'm okay with it. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm a much better tipper now. It, it was true. I, I suffered from a thing, a major FOMO growing up. For instance, I remember uh, clearly we lived on the east side. You, you and uh, a friend of ours wanted to go to TGI Fridays. It was down in the Kirkland. I don't even think it's even there anymore, but it was down in the Kirkland. Was it Park Place? Something, something like that. Yeah, it was by. It was across from the from the. There was uh, a movie theater. QFC. QFC yeah. There was a record store, Easy Street Records downstairs, and there was a TGI Friday, and so I wanted to go, um, but I also knew that I was on a very limited budget. I like, I maybe had twenty dollars uh, to my name in, in in cash money at the time, like bank account, the whole deal, and so. But I wanted to go out. I wanted to hang out with the with the gang. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be included. And so we go there and I'm like trying to play it cool and pick, you know, what is the lowest price thing that I can buy and still look like I'm participating in the meal. Uh, and so I think I got like those tater skins or whatever tater, they were. Yeah. I was going to say the potato skins. The tater skins and yeah. like a diet Coke. And yeah. everyone's like, you don't want a beer, man. It's like, ah, I'm good. I'm just got a diet Coke. And it, it was, a, you know, when the check comes back and it's, you know, uh, 1822 and I have $20, um, it's going to be hard for me to be a good tipper in that scenario. So I definitely did that. I should have, if, if I was more mature, uh, I would have skipped the dinner and just told you guys that I can't afford it. Uh, but you don't want to do that when you're in your twenties, you feel self-conscious about it. You don't so. want to do that in your fifties. Yeah. <laughs> so or, You don't ever want to do that. Right. Yeah. So it, it, I was self-conscious about it. And now the, the thing that's flipped it on me is, is I don't think tippers are misunderstood. They go into great depth into this article about, you know, tipping culture, uh, some restaurants that really were in a quandary. And I think Seattle was one of these cities that tried to accommodate this is the person that actually brings you your food. Isn't the only one involved in preparing that food. Uh, you have the, the back of the house, people, the, the chefs, the, you know, everybody in the, in the kitchen and even down to the dishwasher. And then the other argument of shouldn't a business be just pay their employees and whatever it costs to, 
provide the wage is what the thing costs. Like that logic made a lot of sense. And Tom Douglas did that and ended up shutting down a lot of his restaurants because of that. And if you, he, I think he ended up getting sued. And, and I don't, and if you're familiar with Tom Douglas, he had a number of restaurants here in the city, still does as a cooking show. And in talking to Tom, I think his heart was really in the, in the right place. Uh, but but now there there is this mandatory there's this mandatory tipping depending on the restaurant and the bill that you sign off on and and sometimes I feel like I, I'll sign off on the bill and I, I'll still leave some some more cash because I I don't think I I don't feel what they're charging and 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 they're charging you that tip now on your credit card a lot of times I don't feel like it's enough. Well, I don't feel especially it, if you have a big it, table of people. So it depends because, like for instance, I, I went and got a pizza the other day, and I'm not going to say which pizzeria it was, but it was it was carry out, like it was takeout pizza. I was picking the pizza up. It, was, it wasn't delivered, and they were full. There was no tables available, so I took the pizza home, and they m- included without asking me. Uh, I think a 22% tip or something. It was just included, just on the bill. Hmm. And no no negotiation. It's like, I think that's a different. I think these things are all different. I think it's di- the, the advent of these little flip over iPad uh, POA, you know, point of, point of sale thing, POS, um, where it's just included. I think it's a real disservice because sometimes I've been at convenience stores where they want to tip. It's like, wait a minute. You don't tip at Seven Eleven if like I'm I'm buying something. You know what I'm saying? Like at a convenience store or, or your dry cleaner. I've had my dry cleaner flip over the little iPad thing, and it's like, you're a dry cleaner. I just paid you to clean the clothes. So you won't you don't tip? Why, why am I? And I know you're the owner of the dry cleaner. Oh, I always tip the dry cleaner. But if you, if I want to, I sh- it should not be like presented manually right there where you have to pick, you know, 20. And sometimes we've talked about this before. I've seen ones where it wasn't 10, 15, 20%. It was 22, 22%, 25, 30% were, were the three choices on the front. I'm like, well, so really? Let me, so, so let me ask you about this. I went, I was going into Starbucks. There was no way to really tip on your card. Now you can, and the button comes up and it says $1, $2, $5. And so I appreciate the fact that I can just hit one of those buttons and I don't have to pull out cash because I I've, I found myself going to the bank sometimes and and getting cash j- just so I could tip my baristas. It was my barista cash money. Well, now I don't have to worry about that anymore. I did have to explain to my Uber driver the other day on my way to the airport, which was a hundred and twenty six dollar Uber ride. <laughs> That's crazy. And we've talked about this before. And I said, hey, how much of the $126 are you you getting? And if I tip you, how much of the tip are you getting? And he said, you know what? Uh, So so he kind of explained to me the math. Uber takes a lot of the money. And and now if the tip is bigger and larger, Uber takes part of the tip too. So I'm just like, man, I I can't afford. My my brother says always tip cash. I can't afford to tip you. On top of a hundred and twenty-six dollar ride to the airport that used to cost fifty-eight dollars. So I have to ask you, what? How did it feel to you? Because you are a, a generous tipper. But I'm not any on Uber. I I I, I give a five dollar tip to anyone, and I don't care what the ride is, and and I can't help it if it's uh and, and there's no you know there's no six dollar ride anymore. Even, no. even if even if you're just jumping in your car. Because you don't want to drink and drive at a bar, and and you want to use that Uber in the neighborhood, uh, that's still going to be a twenty five thirty dollar fare in your totally. na- in your neighborhood. So uh, I'm curious. I don't know if I ever asked you this. 
How did it feel emotionally to you when uh, we were in Europe? And not only is it not a tipping culture, they they get offended when you try to tip them because they get paid a decent wage, especially in France, you'll get six weeks vacation. They get healthcare, uh, you know, healthcare is provided by the state. And so when they, when you as an American come in and try to tip on top of what they charge, many of people get offended by that. How, how did you feel? I went to my barber. He's smoking cigarettes. I tipped him like $25 and he loved it. So I don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Everywhere I went, when I started pulling out dollar bills, it seemed, it, it, it seemed like that was okay. So, so you, uh, tried to, you tried to tip everybody in Europe? Sure. Yeah. Really? But I, I'm not tipping Uber anymore. Like okay. I'm, I'm pissed off about it. Like it's a, like it's a thing for me. Like it really. And you explained it to me one time beautifully. You said, "Hey, they were willing to take a loss on Wall Street until they crashed every every cab driver in the country uh, and around the world. And then once they did that, and people were dependent on their business, then they jacked all the rates. And they said, okay, totally jacked. Now up, we're gonna go make some money. And then when you see them jack the rate when it's a busy time for them." Uh, that even makes it worse sometimes, right? The surge pricing. The algorithm knows when it's surge pricing. Yeah, I could, I, I could go, I could jump in a car right now and go down to one of the stadiums on a day where there's not a game and it could be 28 bucks. And on the day that's a game, that could be an $80 ride. So, the, the, the and, then thing about, to, and then they want you to tip on top of that. The thing about this, the tipping culture that I find the most offensive is the professions where I want to do it the most you can't. And the thing that popped into my mind is, I don't know if you ever met him, Dr. Paul, my, my old vet, you know, when I had dogs, dude's amazing, always took extra time, cared for my animals like they were his animals. Um, and like, there's the type of guy where I would want, if there was a way on the vet bill. Tip your doctor. To, yeah, yeah, totally. So it was like, he, he, like I've been to vets that are just as an assembly line. Like it's boom, boom, boom. They don't take any, like it's very impersonal, mm -hmm. but like, so there's a situation where culturally you're not supposed to tip your vet. So, but like, I want to tip him more than I want to tip my dry cleaner, mm -hmm. but it's just oh. culturally set up to where I'm tipping the dry cleaner. I have no investment in. And here's my doctor that we've had to put a dog down and like I'm in the room and we're crying and he's consoling me and all that. That's the guy I should be tipping. Yeah. I should be tipping him. Yeah. Not my, the guy that made my, you know, seven 11 lotto card. Yeah. I, t I, t I tell you what, what about the companies out there? And we'll finish it here. If you order Uber eats and then you look and there's a delivery fee and the Seattle city of Seattle fee city, of Seattle fee. And then they're asking for a tip on top of that. If you want to tip the driver and you're like, but what's the delivery fee all about? So we will see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, can we talk about Les Schwab and Les Schwab tires for a moment? Hey, before you go anywhere, this is what I want you to do as we head into the spring driving season. Stop by Les Schwab and ask for a free pre-trip safety check. What does that mean? They'll get your tires, your batteries, your brakes, your lines, so much more. Then they make recommendations based upon what you really need, Ron, and not what they're trying to sell you, right? Yeah, but if you do need new tires, you can save up to $150 during the Les Schwab Founders Day celebration sale on select tire sizes and types. Schedule an appointment today at leschwab.com, or you can just stop by. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since 1952. <laughs> Hey, you guys, back to the Ron and Don show in a moment. I love those guys. They are amazing. 
Think about being amazing. Do you want to be amazing in 2023? We have a 2023 life-changing event coming up. There are 30 people on February 16th. It costs nothing. There's no flim-flam. There's no bait-and-switch. But we have raised the bar here. We don't want just 30 people showing up that want to meet us because we can meet you some other time. And believe, believe you me, we're not that exciting. Ron, this specifically, we are dialing into our health and we're dialing into our wealth when it comes to building wealth and health through the power of real estate, right? Yeah, so 30 people. And we are going to do a two-hour event here. And I guarantee you, if you really lean into this and you really listen to it, we are going to come up with a custom game plan just for you to acquire that first piece of real estate. It's probably not going to be tomorrow. It might take six months. It might take a year. But if you are ready to go on this journey with us, that's who we want to partner with. So if you're motivated, this rings true. Go to ronanddon.com slash change. It's limited to 30 people. Ronanddon.com slash change. We'll see you everybody february 16th and now back to the show all right you guys welcome back to the ron and don show seahawks are going to throw it back we'll talk about that before we get out of here before we do though let's talk about our life-changing event just happened and i told you on episode 514 my thoughts on the life-changing event uh ron it was last thursday what what, what were some of your thoughts and for those that don't know, what were we doing at the life-changing event? Yeah, so we wanted to do, you know, the, the pandemic sort of put the brakes on meeting in, in person with people, and you and I both really missed that. So we wanted to do an in-person event uh, to have some, give people an opportunity to take an action step, like to actually do something positive. And we both firmly believe, and we talked about this in previous episodes, there is nothing that has impacted our lives, or especially our financial lives, more positively, and I think I can speak for you, than getting involved in real estate and like having uh, sizable equity positions in real estate because we were able to buy. And so, but many times getting that first step, going from zero to one is the hardest and then going from one to two is the next hardest. And so we did this in-person event Invited people to listen to this podcast, follow us on social media, uh, sub- uh, subscribe to our newsletter to come out. Uh, we had 30 spots available. Room was absolutely packed. And so we did this this live event. And the thing that I loved, one, is the the cross-section of people that that attended. That brought me a lot of joy. We had uh, a pretty big age spread. We had a decent gender spread. We had a decent ethnicity spread where it wasn't just all like a one one type of person or one age of person or one ethnicity of a person. So that that I felt was really... um, positive to me that hey we're 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 putting out into the universe that we want to you know be helpful to all these different people and and in a sense if you believe in that stuff people responded they responded by showing up in person so i was was very very happy about that and then the other thing that was and i wonder if you got this as well is when you start to get an expertise in something you forget what it's like to have a beginner's mind. You forget what it's like. Um, once you learn something, it's impossible to, to forget that you ever knew that. And once you learn a skill or you learn a piece of information, it seems like you always knew it. So there was a couple points where we had some questions or interactions with folks that were like entirely reasonable thoughts. And it just hadn't like, there was one person that was like, so, you know, while I'm looking, um, are you and Don and my lender, do I put you on a retainer? 
And it's like, oh man, like I never would have thought of it, but it totally makes sense. Like, no, like we're, we're working for you until the deal is done. He's like, working well, for free. Yeah. yeah. What, what does that mean? It's like, yeah, like you don't pay us a dime until the the house closes. He's like, yeah, the deal Seriously? pays. A, the, yeah, the deal pays us. So, but like that makes complete sense because every other professional in your life, like you don't go to a lawyer and not pay any fees. Sure. You don't go to a dentist and not pay any fees. So it's like I'm going to this mortgage lender and these professional real estate people. Probably some fees. So like things like that where you go, oh yeah, like I can do a better job of remembering what it's like to not know this stuff and remembering what it's like to um you know that whole that old cliche of like there's no such thing as a dumb question there's really no such thing so like that was amazing to me to hear that kind of feedback of people feeling like it's a safe place to go i haven't bought something before it's been a long time let me ask this question and i know this is a safe place people aren't going to laugh at me or i i'm I'm able to get my question answered um was really cool to me and then i i really firmly believe this and in some of the uh, sit-downs we've had subsequent to our, our life-changing event, confirmed it. The act of taking action um, in our lives in some ways is the most important thing. Like, like hopefully down the road, you know, there's a buying or a selling or an investing in a piece of real estate, and that that's going to be great, and we're all going to celebrate when that happens. But, but I really believe that for some of the people in that room that felt stuck or felt like they were in a circumstance for a very long time that maybe they didn't create, or maybe they didn't, didn't really know exactly how they got into that space or life events happen that sort of pushed them into this particular spot in their life. And they've been there for a while and there've been there and there's been a lot of doubt and there's been a lot of pressure and there's been a lot of of dark moments uh, to be honest to take a step and to take a movement towards uh you know going to an event like this i in a lot of ways to me that's the most important thing showing up is because now the next time you have to show up is easier showing up that first time is scary it's hard it's a big step and so i I don't know if you felt that but for some of these people it's like doesn't really matter necessarily what happens now in the in the cosmic sense you've taken the most important thing and that's to do your very first time showing up. yeah and it's like in in anything whether you want to become a good basketball player or you want to become great at real estate and and build wealth not only for yourself but maybe for for your family uh it is a team sport and so it's great to see everybody there it's a contact sport (laughs) yeah it's also a sport of action you have to take action so just by showing up you took action and also just by be just by being around other people that have done it and have influence and have knowledge and can teach you you have to stay curious about it. That's really what it's all about. Now, I remember there was a point where you said, and I think this really is struck home to me. You're like, between Ron and myself, this is when you were talking at the end, we have a grand total of zero college degrees. Mm-hmm. And if between the two of us, we have been able to do the things that we had just described in that video totally. or in the, in the seminar, uh, the appearance, whatever it was, um, the fact that we did that means that anyone in this room yeah. can do that. 
Yeah. Like we don't have, there's nothing special about our education or our backgrounds. In fact, it's probably less than almost everybody in this room. But the fact that we took action, that, that, that sort of inspired me, you know, when yeah. I was sitting over to the side. I, I had someone one time, one time tell me and they were coming at me and they said, you should not tell your son that you went to the University of Notre Dame and you shouldn't tell him that you, that you have a degree from the University of Washington. Like I've never, I've never told him that I've never, I've never gone to the university of Notre Dame. I did go to the university of Washington and the university of New Mexico where I had scholarships, but I don't, I don't have a piece of paper that, that says that I have a a degree from one of those institutions. And I've shared before why, uh, I'm kind of cool. And I've often, often thought maybe I'll go back and finish the degree and then I thought, do I really want the degree? And because I'm a finisher and like, I really kind of don't. I like the story of not having a degree. And you're in pretty good company of not having a degree of going to school, starting something and not finishing it because you started something else that was more important. Right. And, and, and that was my broadcast career and, and school couldn't teach me uh, what I needed to know. I had to go do it. It's just kind of one of those jobs. Uh, although if I was going to become, you know, a medical professional, I'd probably have to go to school. For I that believe that's true. Or I did open heart surgery on you. Anyway. Uh, Hey, you guys see you on the other side. Hey, it's Ron Don here with Mitch Weeks from Mitch Scott Loans. Mitch, do I need to have 20% down to buy a house right now? No, and that's actually one of the most common mistakes that I do here is people think and people have thought for a long time that 20% is the standby. 20% the first time you're buying a home is not normal at all. With with prices, you know, around a million dollars often for first time home buyers, 20% is a lot of money to save and it is not necessary. You can put 3.5% down with an FHA loan, 5% down sometimes even less with a conventional and Mortgage insurance just isn't as bad as it used to be. I just did a loan that was a $900,000 home. The buyers put 10% down and they were going to pay mortgage insurance of $100 a month for two years. Now that $2,400 feels like a lot, maybe, but if you talk about how much their home is going to grow in value over that time, it's nothing. All right. He's Mitch Weeks. Uh, Get in touch with him at Mitch.loans. If you're a first time buyer and your ears just perked up and go, I'd like to buy a house for 5% down. It's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don show. Before we get out of here, uh, let's talk a little bit about the NFL. Uh, And we have to talk about the Seahawks throwing it back. I've wondered, it seems like they're finally going to throw it back and I'm going to get to wear my Steve Largent jersey to a game. How about that? I've been waiting for him to throw it back. The reason they didn't throw it back is because they wore these crazy green uniforms that made them look like highway DOT workers, right? Never liked those uniforms. And then they're trying to come up with a different variation because they're trying to sell, you know, more Seattle Seahawk uniforms. And I think you're only allowed four different variations. I think you're allowed two uniforms home, two two uniforms away. And so they're going to have to give up one of their uniform combinations in order to bring back like the 1976, 77, 78 jersey along with the helmet. The other thing is this. You think about the University of Oregon. 
they don't sit there and retape those helmets. All those players have eight different helmets, right? Because they're always, but but it's a pain in the heart to break in a, a new helmet. And so for a lot of these teams and a lot of these players, they don't want to sit there and retape the helmets. In, in, in order to make these throwbacks work, though, you have to break in at least two helmets. So the players have to be in on that. It's either we're going to have to retape and, and, and repaint your helmet, or you're going to have to break in two helmets in order to use the old Seattle Seahawks helmet to throw it back. I'm going to tell you right now, if they go out and suck and lose, you're going to see these uniforms disappear really, really quick. But if they win and have some success, I, I bet it's one of the best-selling jerseys that they've had ever uh, when they throw it back this year. I, I didn't realize they had to kill one of the other uniforms because the, the, the green one was because Thursday night came out and they said, here's what we're to differentiate this game. Everyone in the league is going to have a monochromatic uniform. And that was the fourth uniform, I think, that every team was allowed. Because before that, I think it, I think it was three different combinations that you could have. And, and so if you remember on those Thursday night games, which I think Amazon owns that broadcast now, uh, you know, you'd have Cleveland Browns would be all brown yeah. and uh you know, San Francisco would be all red. Just trying to get people to watch it, excited about it, talk about it, right? And to, and, and to buy those jersey combinations. And some of them, and, and Seattle's green ones were actually not even the ugliest uniforms they had. I think either Pittsburgh or Kansas City did an all yellow uniform that was absolutely horrific. Uh, just one of the ugliest uniforms you've ever seen in the history of NFL football. Um, but. Yeah, I, I didn't realize you had to kill one of them, but the, the wolf gray home uh, uniform is a must-keep. Uh, they also went through and they talked about how they had virtually zero success in those throwback uniforms when they changed the uniform, and this was true for the Denver Broncos as well. They never won a Super Bowl in the original uniform. When they changed the uniform, both of those franchises end up winning the Super Bowl. Of course, they're not correlated in any way, but you know, a lot of superstitious people like to look back them on that way. Can I do a, a quick sidebar on this and see if you'd be willing to do this? My my brother actually called. Here, here me. you go. Here you go. Uh, since 2018, sorry to interrupt. NFL teams have been allowed to wear an alternate jersey up to three times a year, and may wear up to two alternate jerseys per season. This allowed teams to carry two alternate jerseys or an alternate and, and, and a throwback. So, uh, no, that makes sense. Yeah. My brother wanted to know, and I said I would ask you, are Ron and Don Seattle Sea Dragon fans of the XFL? And are, <laughs> he's, he's dead serious. Oh, is he? Okay. He's like, are you and Don going to a Sea Dragons game? It's at Lumen Field. Mm -hmm. uh, and are you guys Sea Dragon fans? Because he said, I have a hat from the St. Louis... He bought a St. Louis Defenders or something like that hat. Yeah. And he wants to know if we are Sea Dragon fans. I'm not. I would. Be, I would be a would fan you, if 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 they brought it back to arena football, the 50 yard indoor war. If you don't like that, you don't like arena football. I liked arena football. I liked that the game was different. I liked that it was played in arena. There's a lot more action. It was very family friendly. Uh, so typically, if you're going to play arena football around here, you'd probably 
you'd probably play it where the Kraken play, right? So let, let me so, let me so so it's a lot more exciting. You don't have to have as many people there. The, this stadium in the NFL and the, for the XFL, and this is going to be the problem. I mean, I'm sure they block off the upper ring. They yeah, but it, it, and, and they keep the 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 cameras down low. But at some point, even the lower ring, even if you get tickets away, no nobody's going to come. Let, the, let me throw you these two things and see if you like them at all. These two rule changes that I think are interesting. The XFL is doing. First one is on kickoffs. When uh, when you're kicking off in the XFL, the the side the team that's kicking off does not stand at the ball. They stand down at the thirty yard line. And, yep, I've seen it. Yep. And so when the and the kicker's back where you normally would kick off, so the kicker the kicking team has to stand there so they can't get a full head of steam, and they can only start to move once the ball goes over their head. So the ball goes over their head. And now they get to run like 10, 15 yards. Uh, so they're not at a full 40 yard sprint. I didn't see any of those that changed the game. Okay. I didn't, I didn't see any. Inter- I think it's an interesting it looks concept. different on TV. I think it's an interesting concept. It didn't, it didn't change it's the game. It's going to lessen the injury of those yeah. full speed collisions. I do like the extra point is different. Though. And the extra point. So yeah. extra point, there's no kicks. One, no field two, goals. or three points depending on where you line up. Yeah. So or you can take a fourth and 15, like way in the back of the bus and 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 that's an opportunity so, to win. and and and, and we, saw team, to we saw a team win the game that way so so you can uh, uh you score a touchdown six points if you run a play from the one yard line you get one point from the five yard line you get two points and from the 10 yard line and you score you get three points um i actually like that one a lot I, I, I'm I on. Too. I'm yep. on the fence about the uh, the kickoff. Yeah. But you know, there's all that concern about CTE and the injuries and those collisions that happen. So I get that. I think the 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 up to three points that cho- totally changes the game dynamic. Totally changes end of game play. Uh, I, I think it's a really cool. But the NFL, there's no way they could accept that. Are you a Sea Dragon fan? I would. If you want to go to a game, I'll go to a game. Why do you want to go? I, I, I would just like to check it out. I just, they're going to have to have some stars. They're going to have to have some stars. Totally. They're going to have to have some people that we're interested in. Like, for instance, would you rather go to a Sea Dragon you game could, or a rugby game? The if Seattle you, Professional if Rugby. If you could get Marshawn Lynch or like a Doug Baldwin to come out and play for a season, which is only eight teams, I would go watch that game. Okay. I would be interested remember in that. Remember, He Hate Me? He Hate Me was in yeah, the NFL. Yeah. They should take famous players. That they cut from the Seahawks, and they should draft them and put them on the Sea Dragons, and that would be the, the way to grow that team. Because the Seahawks then are doing the work for you, right? The media is doing the work for you. They're pumping up you know, all these different so players, what am I and telling- then these players get cut, and we never know what happens to them. You know what happened to them? They're now a Sea Dragon, and you get to watch them on whenever it is. What, what am I telling my brother? We're not Sea Dragon fans? You tell him that both you and I are in a darkness retreat. We're thinking about it, and we'll get back to him after we come Four out. Four days of darkness? After we come out of the darkness. Okay, retreat. that's fair. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode 515 of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us, just reach out. We're doing lots of sit-downs with people that are buying, selling, and I really appreciate everyone that's reached out to us. You have parents. Maybe a parent has passed away. Maybe it's an estate sale. Maybe you're dealing with probate. There's all kinds of things. And thank you, thank you, thank you for reaching out to us because we do a lot of work with older clients right now. A lot of work. We did a lot of work last year, this year, and uh, we know how to deal with probate. We know how to deal with attorneys. We know how to deal with reverse mortgages. Uh, we also know how to deal with sometimes siblings that that it's very hard for them to get along because maybe they see something differently. And uh, so it's an interesting way to kind of build a team. Uh, 
and we're up for it. So if you need us, ronandonsitdown.com. It's about a 40-minute conversation, and we'll just find out if we'll be good team members, and we'll find out where you're at in your real estate journey. And don't forget, sometimes people feel like, well, I don't have the money to start my journey, or is it too early to start my journey? It's never too early, and when it comes to money, money is kind of an easy thing when it comes to real estate. The hard thing is understanding how to go out and tie a property down and then take that property, manipulate it, add value, force appreciation, get it to cash flow, appreciate, depreciate. Once you have that understood, yeah. Sometimes partners with money, they just kind of they can they can kind of appear. So uh Ron and Don sit down.com if you need us. Uh, he's Ron Upshaw. I'm Don O'Neill. Head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh they on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 Only on the Ron Don Radio Network.